Welcome back to the Dr. Supercoach podcast. You're on once again with Chizo. And uh, it's a pretty enthusiastic week, Pistol. It's uh, great to have you uh, you on, mate. I'm, uh, I'm feeling enthusiastic about you being on the podcast, mate. Um, I can hear your enthusiasm coming straight through. Um, that's fantastic, Chizo. I'm looking forward to having a great podcast with you today. Look, uh, there's been lots of news that have come out this week. Uh, um, obviously, in this past seven days, you're allowed to touch umpires again now, Pistol, so that, that's really interesting. I think the best thing was that the Kernos were able to uh, you know, compute the size differences between them and the uh, the umpire, and so they, they made sure they didn't use just enough force so that they, they, they got a fine instead of a, a suspension. But Eddie's out now. Um, mate, uh, it, it's... Uh, it's all going pear-shaped for my team. I hope that you're starting to uh, use those trades to your benefit. And I hear that you're kind of uh, basically saying there's not going to be a Chizo chase down this year. You've actually come out and officially said there will not be a Chizo <laughs> chase down. Look, I'd be surprised. But at the same time, uh, stranger things have happened. And also, I'm probably going to run out of trades by... Give, it, give me two weeks, Chizo, and I'll be, I'll be out. So... Uh, we'll we'll see if those extra trades that you have banked on me uh, can can win it for you uh, at the end of the year. Well, I was talking to Joshy Reese on uh, on Twitter, and he, he he was asking what makes a good cheese chase down. I was trying to explain how someone can go through all their trades within the like the minimum time frame. Like you couldn't have used one more trade if you tried to. <laughs> Two weeks every week upon every week, and we've got Pistols team. So um, if it's one of those years where the 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 back end falls out for you, there could be a cheese chase down. But I'm not I'm not feeling it this year, mate. Um, we should probably jump through. We've had quite a few donations this week here under the Cancer Council Pistol. I might let you th- uh, run through that and. Uh, just give a few shout-outs to those that are helping out the community. Yeah, we actually had heaps uh, in this week, which is fantastic. So thanks, community, for, for getting around us. Um, we had a nice donation because of the Nicknat Donut uh, by Tree Fitty, who uh, didn't give <laughs> Tree Fitty. So <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, nice, nice words. Loving the podcast and uh, for the Nicknat Donut, as you know, I think a couple of other people felt the same way uh so thanks tree fitty and uh to will yunkin he also had the nick nat uh donut and he said uh may nick nat's pile driver help cancer research um which i thought was pretty funny and you know just, there's, 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 um, there's no pressure on the next one here pistol i know you've uh, you've been inboxed on on twitter just saying <laughs> make sure you get this one right i think this is the first time we've got a second donation because you've stuffed someone's name up i did and He's a legend, for starters, and he also did inbox me to tell me how to pronounce his name, so I just made a meal of it last week. So thanks so much to Andrew Levesque, I nailed it this time, uh, for another donation, back-to-back weeks. It wasn't even, he didn't even get a donut last week, Cheese. it was just a ripper bloke. So he's awesome, just donated in consecutive weeks. He, he's, he's, paying for donut, he's paying for donuts on how many times you've said his name right. <laughs> well, there we, I'll give him Andrew Levesque, I'm going to say your name a couple times because... I feel so bad. <laughs> um, so thank you so much. Um, to Zimmer as well, he's given $2 for every week Kelly has missed, which I like that initiative. Uh, every week Kelly's out, donate. I, I think that's an, an awesome idea. And he also wanted to give a shout out to his mate Sully, who traded in Ben Brown over Robbie Gray. Chizo, what do you reckon of uh, that move? Oh, he's got to be Tasmanian, doesn't he? Uh, it's the, <laughs> the only reason you bring in Ben Brown is because he's from your hometown or something like that. He's just he, he's not a, a season-long super coach player. Pistol, if he could pick between the two, Robbie Gray's the obvious choice. Well, look, uh, Zimmer. Hopefully that lived up to your expectations. So thank you very <laughs> much for the donation. And lastly, Chizo, 
Uh, we have a donation. Did you want to read this one out? Look, go for it. You're on a roll, mate. I might, <laughs> I might let you keep going. All right. It says, Cheezo, way to go. We are the Cheezo Dokers, um, which is just a shout out to my mate Cheezo for uh, popping a donut this week. <laughs> You'd probably like, to, like me to explain that then, wouldn't you? No, I think it's better <laughs> if we don't explain it. No, yeah. no go for it. Go for Look, it, Cheezo. I was so confident that this year was going to be my year and I wouldn't, you know, I haven't had a donut in like two seasons so I'm like, you know, 50 bucks a donut's going to be great. And then the, uh, the the old issue of putting the emergency on the wrong player and not thinking about it. I had the uh, urgency smacked on Guelphie for some reason instead of uh, Zach Langdon and I was only after lockout and I was checking my rank. I went, why did I have emergency on Guelphie? Like it's just just one of those things that because uh, I was using um, Walters as my loophole, uh, I didn't bring any points onto the field pistol. So look, I'm, I've owned up to it. There's a few people out there that are saying, "Oh, Aaron Norton zero isn't a true donut. If you get zero, you get zero, And I'm coughing up, and so that's uh, another fifty bucks to the cancer council. And uh, I'll, I'll cop that one on the chin because uh, that that's my mistake, pistol. I, I can't I can't explain my way out of that one. It's uh, always hard for you when you barely have any internet reception as well. So hard when there's uh, you know some changes over the weekend and you can't react as quickly as uh, other people in the middle of nowhere. But anyway, all this totaled up to a great week for the Cancer Council here. Um, now up to $958.88 for the season. So we're so close to that uh, $1,000 mark for the season. Only you know $41.12 off it. So awfully close and can't wait to break that hopefully next week. Maybe in the coming weeks, but um, at least definitely before the buyers, right, community? Um, so, yeah, looking forward to that. And it's uh, been a fantastic year for raising money for the Cancer Council. Yeah, fantastic, mate. Hey, we might as well jump straight into uh, the team announcements this week. We have lots of ins and outs to get through. Um, we should probably start at the beginning, let's uh, say. <laughs> we should. Adelaide Crows and Western Bulldogs, there's a few... Uh, changes on either side. Cole Hardigan, Sam Gibson comes in for his first game as a crow. Darcy Fogarty and Lachlan Murphy coming in for those that have held him in their defense. Uh, Luke Brown, Mitch McGovern, Taylor Walker and Matt Crouch all out injured. And that does sting a few people, especially those that did bring in Matt Crouch last week, Pistol. I mean, yeah, it's tough when people traded in Bontempelli and I know there was somebody, a poor soul, who did email and say when Bont was out, he traded to Matt Crouch. And that is just the worst story I've heard in a long time. So um, poor, poor person there. But yeah, Matt Crouch obviously was great value the last couple of weeks and didn't even put up poor scores, uh, was traded in by a lot of people. And now they're going to be missing out. So um, that's unfortunate. Hopefully he comes back next week, but there's not really too much you can do. You're not really going to trade up Matt Crouch when he's only meant to be out for a week. Um, and Chizo, the big news, Lockie Murphy coming back in. People were holding him for the entire season. And right when Norton goes out, right when Hurley is out, the man delivers. It's, uh, it's an absolute godsend, isn't it? Because there's going to be someone that was looking at a donut thinking, oh, well, Murphy's not going to come in. I've got a donut here. What am I going to do? I'm going to have to trade someone that I really don't want to. Maybe they're going to have to force forcibly move on Finlayson and Murray in the same week, with they, which they didn't really want to do. And they've been saved. And you know who one of those people are? It's JB. He's got Lockie <laughs> Murphy able to cover, and he's just absolutely over the moon about it. Well, I think he'll score all right this week against Bulldogs as well um, at the Adelaide Oval. So... 
that they've, it's probably worked out well for them. Um, Chizo on the on the Bulldog side though, there's uh, Jackson Trengrove in Trengrove, uh, Easton Wood, Jordan Ruffhead all in. Out goes Norton, Lewis Young, and Mitch Honeychurch. Uh, some some big ins on the Bulldog side, a lot of uh, experienced players. So this game is actually I'm super pumped up about it, Chizo. I reckon this might be game of the round. Or well, you're jumping the gun there a little bit because there's one game at Shanghai I think could be an absolute blockbuster in front of the four people watching. Um, but no, I, I'm totally uh, totally on board with that one. Uh, Toby McLean just keeps ticking on. I, I, we do have to mention his name. Uh, I should probably uh, preface this story, uh, Pistol, that I did one up and one down last week. And, you know, I, I was choosing between Spargo and Ronke. I'm, I'm still going with Ronke because that's how uh, Johnny Longmire is pronouncing it. Um, and I uh, just like to say I was like I was pronouncing it like that from the start. Pistol. Let's uh, let's keep it at that. Uh, I chose Toby McLean, thinking you know I'll bank some points because I'm 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 struggling with a few premiums sitting on the bench. And of course, Ronke comes out and goes nuts. Actually, outscores Toby McLean. I thought at the end of that, I I, I was I was almost re- tempted to quit. Pistol. And uh, uh, so uh, Toby McLean. Yeah, 115 you usually wouldn't be disappointed at, but uh, just kind of drowning my sorrows there a little bit towards the end of last week there, Pistol. That I'm sure there's plenty of uh, <laughs> hard luck stories uh, that will come out throughout the week. Chizo, it's nice to see Tom Duday still on the side. I know no one was expecting that he dropped given all the injuries, but with uh, Luke Brown out, do you think Duday is going to get as much freedom as he has in the last couple of weeks. I guess Kyle Hardigan has come in, so it shouldn't shouldn't really affect him too much. But basically, do you think his scoring is going to... It's been on a bit of a decline. Do you see that continuing this week, or do you think he's going to pick it up? Well, we see... Let's take names out of the equation. First-year players can start off and be, you know, really pumped up and excited and full of energy at the start of the year, and then they just kind of tailor off a little bit, tail off... And we're kind of seeing that across the board. We're seeing it with Finlayson. We're seeing it um, kind of with Murray. We're seeing it with um, Dude. There's a lot of these guys that, you know, have played six, seven, eight rounds. And they're just kind of um, just tailing off a little bit. So at the start of the year when we mentioned these guys should be good for, you know, a 65, 70 average and they start going at 85, 90, it's just not sustainable. So if you're planning on holding uh, Dude to his buy, he might lose you maybe... Um, 10, 20k a little bit. He's going to keep scoring about around that 70 mark as we always predicted. So I don't think his his role is going to change all that much. Pistol. I think it's going to be um, basically unaffected. So um, I, I'm happy with the way he's going, and I'm uh, holding him at this stage. I know we'll touch on which uh, of these rookie defenders we need to move on first a little later in the podcast, but um, he's staying in there for mine. Oh, well, I'm actually going to be trading him, so <laughs> let's let's jump into the next game because we'll talk about that a, a bit later. Um, the Gold Coast Suns versus Port Adelaide game over in Shanghai. Just the one change here, uh, Chizo. We've got Sam Day going out with a suspension and in comes uh, Jacob Heron. Now, do you want to tell me a little bit about uh, Jacob Heron? Uh, yeah, I, I, I hit up... Um my mate in the uh, Gold Coast Academy, just to, just to find out a little bit about uh, Jacob Heron. They nickname him Speedy because uh, he, he's uh, elite speed across the turf. Um, unfortunately, he hasn't tested at a, uh, um, an, a NAB combine, so they don't have any um, direct numbers on him, but uh, you get nicknamed Speedy for a reason. He played last season in the NEFL as a, uh, a general defender. Um, however, this year he's been spending a lot more time forward, and uh, uh, Little Birdie's telling me that uh, he's going to be playing as a, a general forward this week when he makes his debut in Shanghai. 
And he's named in the forward pocket. Not that naming in the forward pocket means much, Chizo, but a little bit of a helpful sign. Also, you know, Sam Day's out. Um, but I'm glad you explained that the nickname Speedy was because he was fast, because I thought it was because he was really strong. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> just massive news there, Chizo. Um, Chizo, quickly give me your thoughts on Tom Rockliffe, because last week he looked basically back to his, his best. Um, what are you hoping for him this week? Well, it seemed to be a confidence issue, didn't it? I think um, the start of the season, he had no you know, proper pre-season games, missed all of the JLT. They were trying to get some run into his legs playing forward, but it just wasn't really suiting him. Putting him back in the sample really seems to have helped him. He racked up consecutive 30-touch games or something like that. So it looks like he's back at his price right now. If I see another week of a good score, playing a good role, getting you know a, a, a nice amount around the ball and in the centre... It's going to be hard to say no, because a lot of these guys, we can just basically straight swap uh, from our midfield to go get Tommy Rockliffe. That's pretty much it, and especially knowing that he will play all throughout the buys, it's just so tempting to have him as your M9 for the rest of the season, knowing that he's capable of having a huge game, and also he goes all right, just as cover in case somebody is out as well. So good loophole option, good cover. That's it, and like, what's the risk? Because he's already at his lowest price, he can't necessarily go worse if he does you know come back it's a good buy-in and you don't have to spend much money to get a potential premium out of it so you know i see that as a a really low risk um but i'd probably because he's only got one game um i wouldn't be bringing him in this week i'd wait until after the buy for uh, just to, to see another game's worth of um form and just make sure he's playing in the the role we want him to that is probably fair, Chizo. And we should mention Brad Shear as well as Braden Crossley uh, are on the bubble and names uh, for Gold Coast this week. So they'll have their, their price changes at the end of the week, Chizo. Yep, absolutely. Um, not sure we'd be jumping on too many. I, I know we'll probably touch on Crossley in terms of um, what to do with the likes of Nank or something a little bit later on, but we'll, we'll touch on that a little later in the podcast. Do you want to take us through the North Melbourne and GWS game? Sure. Uh, this is uh, at the start of the season. You probably wouldn't have thought this was going to be an interesting game, but it actually is going to be, particularly in Blundstone Arena, where North have a very, very good record. Um, no change on the North side. Giants have Timmy Moore coming in, Harry Perryman out for Phil Davis and Matty DeBoer. Um, it's going to be a, a very, very interesting game. I'm pretty sure we're going to see Ben Jacobs go to Canelio because he has been so damaging this year. The problem is it's much easier to tag the likes of a Dylan Shield, who's playing much more outside this season and he is more of an outside player. The I guess the general consensus is that he's going to go to Canelio, but Canelio plays so much more inside that he could still be getting his, his hands on the ball even if uh, he was getting tagged by Ben Jacobs. But um, whoever he goes to, he's going to lock down because Ben Jacobs is just uh, he, he's destroying fantasy teams this season. He, he's doing a fantastic job um, as a tagger, but I'm also considering I can't really split between Shiel and Whitfield in my mind of who he's going to go to. I would not be surprised if he went to Whitfield, but uh, leaning towards him taking Shiel this week. So I think Canelio is uh, going to get out of jail free with that one. Chizo, Isaac Cumming is named on the wing. Again, doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't mean he's going to play there, but he is named on the field, which is always a nice, nice sign. Um, tell me, do you think that he's going to be a legit option, downgrade option next week, or is he someone that you're not interested in looking at? Well, he's got good pedigree. There's a reason that we all started last, uh, well, started this year with him and our uh, our defence lines and our um, you know our draft teams before the season started and, and during JLT and things like that because 
he's got the performance behind him in the the kneeful. He's playing the the right role. There's big raps on the kid. So there's no reason why he can't perform and be someone that um, we do downgrade to because there was a lot of seasoned coaches that um, were thinking that he was going to start in their teams in round one. So it, it, being up around the ball on the wing is going to be really helpful for him because he does have some good running power as well. Um, it, it's one of those things that you do need to see a couple games. Um, we, we're going to talk about um, Ed Phillips a little bit later on and why you might go a week early on a rookie and you know the likes of Dylan Clark or someone like that. If you've got definitive evidence about you know after one game you know you need to jump on someone I don't think we have that with Isaac coming yet and I'll be for sure watching his second game quite intently because he could be a perfect downgrade option particularly with these guys kind of just tailing off uh, in cash generation in our back half yep couldn't have said it better myself Chizo but I'm also looking at someone that I guess has been a little bit forgotten with all the the rookie hype um, Lockie Keefe is named again now Patton isn't named. He's, a, he's named only as an emergency. And you'd think that Patton would come in for Lockie Keefe. So do you think it's too risky to jump on Keefe thinking that Patton's probably going to come in before the bye? Or is he someone where you can see him holding a spot uh, for you know an extended period of time? I don't see him... The, the, the reason that he's going to get games is because they're short on pers- personnel. I don't think that he's going to be a long-term legitimate option. So you've got to ask yourself how long are they going to have um, Johnny Patton sitting in the kneeful or um, flying over and you know, doing the warm-up and then going sitting in the coach's box. There's only only so many weeks you're going to do that with um, someone like Johnny Patton. The thing on top of that is that Keith's just not going to put up scores of 80s and 90s and 100s and things like that and make you a lot of money. Yes, he's bargain basement price, but he's going to be a slow burn. So that just indicates you're going to need more games out of him. He's not going to be, um, you know, a, a Ronky or a Spargo or something like that that can put up a hundred grand in, in the space of two weeks. Keith yep. is going to be a slow burn. So, uh, you know, if you're going to stick him at D8 for the rest of the year and you don't need him to play um, and you're just looking for that cash generation, say you're trying to chase a danger field this week or something like that and you need the cash, then that that's an option. But, um he's not someone that I'm actively chasing after, particularly because of all these rookies that are debuting this week. I think we've got five or six um, confirmed debutants this week uh, already. So uh, I'm pretty confident on what's coming through that we don't need Lockie Keefe. Yeah, you make a lot of good points. I think the only way in which I would consider him would be if I was playing for league league only and I wanted to have some sort of swing with Sicily and could put Keefe in my forward line and I didn't really care if he played throughout the binds or not. Um, that might be handy for league players later in the year, so that would be just a, a way that I would consider him. I'm a bit disappointed, Cheezo, to see Paul Ahern not get a gig again this week, but hopefully he can make his uh, debut next week. Yeah. And um, do you want to... I know you're, you know, a little bit of an Essendon fan, so uh, <laughs> do you want to take us through the, the next game? No, I've actually jumped off. I'm, I'm totally on the Tigers train. <laughs> I, I, I just, uh, I'm jumping on just the, the best team going around right now, just so I can have some positive experiences when I watch footy on the weekend, mate, because I'm not, I haven't had it for a few weeks and uh, it, it's starting to get a little frustrating, but 
the the hashtag on on Twitter play the kids has has started to pay off and we've got a few coming in this week on the Essendon side of things here here uh, pistol Jordan Ridley Matt Guelphie Dylan Clark Dylan uh, Kyle Langford and Matty D coming in on the outs we've got Hurley Kobe Much Darcy Parish omitted David Myers injured and Benny McNeese also omitted uh, on the cat side of things Tommy Hawkins comes back in after his week off and uh, Asaba Radigalia goes out with a little injury um, we've touched on Dylan Clark for a number of weeks now, Pistol. We don't really need to say too much on him. Averaging 33 touches and eight tackles across his five or six games in the VFL this uh, this year so far, in his most recent game on the weekend, 38 touches and six tackles. He is deserving his uh, deserving his go in the AFL this year. Um, and Rids has uh, just been ticking along. He's more of an outside kind of running defender. Uh, 192 centimetres on the weekend, 23 touches and nine marks. He's kind of... Uh, He's got really, really good um, kicking skills, good by foot, um, good running, good height. He's just kind of that third tall that, um, uh, or even push up onto a wing that you can see um, from Jordan Ridley. So uh, I think the question I have with Ridley um, that I was mentioning to you before the podcast, I think his role is uh, is more in danger of um, as soon as Essendon gets some of their players back, he, he would be the first to go out. Dylan Clark being an inside ball winning midfielder, um, we've talked about his kicking efficiency being pretty poor, but um, if he's putting on 10 tackles a game and just racking up the pill, it's going to be hard to kick him out, whereas, uh, say, Jordan Ridley might come in for a few games and Benny McNeese might come in and, and swap him out every now and then so uh, less confident that he'll be a good cash cow for us in the coming weeks so the thing I like most about Dylan Clark is you've been saying all of his stats as if he's listed as a pure midfielder Chizo but the best surprise is he's listed in Supercoach as a forward midfielder so for somebody in the VFL to have that you know those extraordinary numbers but yet be listed as a forward in Supercoach is just absolute gold so I'm really really looking forward to watching him play this week and hopefully him going absolutely bonkers um, you know I picked him up in our Keeper League like five <laughs> or six weeks ago and just been copping a donut waiting for this moment so I'm hoping his Nick Nat not Nick Nat Nick Newman uh, 2.0 and can you know absolutely smash out a high average in his his first season so fingers crossed he goes well uh, for everyone and for my my keeper league team yeah agree with it uh devin smith uh has just been fantastic um pistol i've been loving what he's been doing for the bomber side of things he's the only one that puts pressure on and uh, hopefully that he and Dylan Clark can uh, rack up a few tackles for him uh we might as well jump into the next game swans versus the dockers there mate take us through that We've got the biggest in of the round, I think, and Buddy Franklin is back, and so is uh, Dan Hanabry. Out goes Daniel Robinson and Dean Towers. And on the Fremantle side, we've got Wilson and Walters in, massive ins there, out for uh, Duman and Daniel Pierce. So massive ins, both sides. This is also going to be a really good match. But Chizo, I'm I'm just confused because Lance Franklin was ruled out on Monday, saying he wouldn't take part this week, and now he's being named. So do you Lighting think... Up. Yeah. Okay. There we go. I don't think he's going to play. So well, it's in possibly Sydney, so they, they, they've probably just gone. Yeah, we'll chuck him in there and give him every second. Like if it was in Perth, you'd probably just be like, Nah, he's not going to play. We won't bother naming him. But they're probably going to give him like until five minutes before they run out for quarter one, and then he'll be a late, late withdrawal. I, I can just see it happening. Yeah, I hundred percent agree, and, and definitely if you've been holding Buddy this whole time make your trades 
as late as possible. Don't trade on Friday um, unless you are forced to because of Friday night game. I would be waiting to make sure uh, that Buddy is playing this week because it is just a really strange situation. I can't think of a time in recent history in where someone was completely ruled out officially and then actually has been named. So um, that's a big surprise. And on the um, Fremantle side, Michael Walters being named, which is you know, fantastic because in the next couple of weeks, he's got a massive break even due to that injury where um, he copped it right at the beginning of the match. And he could be getting close to 430k around that mark, Chizo. Is he someone that you'd be considering for your uh, F6 if you didn't already have him? Yeah, if I didn't already have him, I'd be looking at him. The good thing is 162 break even. And he's projected to drop 43k this week, so he's going to drop from 460 to less than uh, 420, and we'll still have a high break even after that round with the seven to, uh, the I think it is 17 still in his rolling average. So he's going to come down in price. I'd be looking at him um, uh, very very closely in the coming weeks. I mean, yeah, it's pretty much a no brainer there. He's, he was going at close to 100 before his injury, so um, if he gets you know, cheaper. That's just massive value. Um, another player I'd like to touch on in this game, who I believe also represents quite good value, that would be Jake Lloyd in the backline. Chizo. He's only 466k. Is he someone that you think could be a around? You know, a top defender this year. Well, he he was someone I was big on in the uh, the preseason because I did see that he was underpriced because of that concussion score, and then the following games being um, his output slightly reduced. He's been in really really good form. He's averaging 95 for the year, and that's really all you can ask for for someone that's going to be um, towards like a, a D5, D6 sort of position. Um, I think I have mentioned this on a previous podcast. I've got other fish to fry in terms of players that I want to get. I would want to um, kind of get on a danger field if he, this 137, he backs it up and looks like his price is going to skyrocket again. Maybe you're looking at like a, a Dusty Martin um, who's down to only 520k and looks like he's going to drop again this week. The reason I mentioned that is because they have the same buyers, Lloyd. So if I was going to load up on, uh, get extra players in, in one one particular buy round, I'll probably have um, other play- other players that I'd like to deal with, but he he's definitely a, a good option to round out that defence line because uh, he's a good player, plays uncontested, pushes up into the wing and just um, racks up a ton of the pill. And not only that, in the next five weeks, Swans have a very nice draw, so uh, someone that I would definitely consider at that price. But let's move on to the next game because there is another defender that I'd like to talk about. But uh, let's St Kilda versus Collingwood. In comes Bailey Rice, Jack Sinclair, and Jack Loney, and out goes Gilbert, Akers, and Carlisle. On the Collingwood side, in comes. Mr. Scott Pendlebury, absolute legend. Alex Vasolo, Tom Langton. Out goes Benny Crocker, Darcy Moore, and Callum Brown. Now, Chizo, the defender I'm talking about is none other than Jimmy Webster. I went on about him on the Monday podcast a little bit with how well his scores have gone this season and how I was going to jump on him this week. I'm a little concerned by the outs with Gilbert and Carlisle's going out and only Bailey Rice as a defender coming in because... The next tallest person in their back line um, is Webster. So you're kind of looking at Nathan Brown being that fullback. Jared Geary, Jaron Geary, you'd think, would be taking uh, the next best defender. And then if, you know, you need a third tall, I'm just, I'm a little concerned. I think Rice will still play taller than he is and Webster will be rebounding. But it's just something that I'm a tiny touch worried about where I was had full confidence at the beginning of this week. Um what what do you reckon, Cheese? Do you think Webster's still going to maintain this uh, halfback role he's been having the last couple of weeks? 
Well, I think we've seen the fact that he's had that role with the likes of um, Dylan Robinson out, and you know that's another tool that they've had to compensate for, and his role hasn't really changed at all. If anything, he's probably taking a little bit more responsibility from the likes of uh, a Shane Savage or something like that. He's actually he's being used as an outlet uh, or a conduit a little bit more to get out of the back half, and boy, the Saints have had it down there a little bit. Um, so I, I see no reason why a changes like this um, in the long term would impact his his role maybe just in the in the short term with the likes of Carlisle and Gilbert both going out of the side could impact him for a game here and there so um, keep that in mind but um, you know if if you've done you do due diligence and, and and like him as a pick there pistol I've got no reason no reason not to I think he's uh, he, he's uh, one that's come out of the woodwork and one that we didn't expect I think I'm also really surprised that Tom Langdon has come back in and Flynn Appleby is still in the Collingwood side. So uh, if you did jump on Flynn, then, you know, job well done, really, because Collingwood's got quite a few injuries uh, and he's just doing his bit. And uh, just a, that was just a little unexpected in, in my eyes. Um, Chizo, on the Saints side, we've still got Hunter Clark names. Are you still holding him? And also, if you aren't holding him, I assume you're not going to be grabbing him. But I'd be if if, if you're looking at a Saints rookie, um, Ed Phillips. If you want to talk us a bit about him as well, during a I kind of gave you just two questions and mumbled it into one sentence. So uh, <laughs> go for it. Good luck. <laughs> no, that's all right. Um, well, I'll start on with um, I'll start with Ed Phillips, um, for example, because. We've talked on multiple occasions um, that you should wait two weeks for um, to, to get a proper form guide on some rookies. We've mentioned Dylan Clark and the numbers that he's been putting up in the VFL, and we're just there's that degree of confidence that you have that he's going to be able to translate in that into a, a VFL to an AFL type scenario because of the player he is. Similar with Ed Phillips, he plays a lot like his uh, his older brother Tom for the Magpies. Great that he gets to um, uh, play against his brother, uh, named on a wing against each other. It would be <laughs> fantastic if they lined up at, at this, the first bounce with that together. Uh, they play very similar. So, um, you know, uh, elite endurance, um, a good mix of inside and outside skills, good kicking efficiency. Um, and for those kind of reasons, that's kind of what the Saints need up on a wing. Um, uh, particularly uh, uh, delivering it forward because the you know the kicking efficiency is probably um, let's say that not their strong suit. So um, I can see the reason that a lot of players are going a week early on him is because he's probably only behind Dylan Clark uh, this year in the numbers that he is putting up in the VFL. He's uh, just racking it up and he's using his elite endurance to to great effect and. Players, uh, coaches are getting this week because there's so much confidence surrounding his uh, position in the side that you don't need to wait that second week for the form line. So that's why some people are getting him a week early. Myself, personally, I'm still waiting that extra week. I mean, I feel like in a situation where I've got Josh Kelly on the pine every single week, I want the best scoring rookies on the field and I just believe that he is going to be you know, the best scoring rookie for me in this situation. I'll get the most amount of points by going a week early and, and popping him on the field this week. Also, it looks like there's going to be quite a few good rookies in the future. And if you jump on Phillips early, then it means, you know, next week you can get coming and you don't need to have to worry about getting coming if he is good. Um, and Phillips next week, and it allows you to keep doing this one up, one down and kind of moving your team forward with the upgrades and downgrades um, rather than, you know, double 
downgrading and double upgrading and possibly missing a rookie and you know it comes could become a little bit of a mess like that Cheezer so a um, couple of little different tactics um, for, for players to consider uh, do you want to take us through the Carlton and Melbourne game uh, you, just before we move on, we should just talk a little bit about Bailey Rice, just because uh, he's been um, his name's been floated that he should be getting some game time in recent weeks. Um, the thing that stands out for me with Bailey Rice's, uh, in a fantasy point of view, is that he is a, a ball winning uh, kind of running defender, and he's got a great kicking efficiency as well. So that's another one with um, that's putting up fantastic numbers in the NFL. That uh, sorry, in the in the VFL, that's getting rewarded. He had thirty touches on the weekend, um, one tackle, three marks. So um, he's uh, again, one of those kind of general defenders um, that gets the ball, and uh, in future weeks it could be uh, really, really good um, for our fantasy teams. Uh, we'll jump into the next game, as you said, uh, Carlton versus Melbourne. Mark Murphy, Pat Kerr, uh, Jacob Wiedering, Matt Shaw, and Jack Silvani all coming in. Extended benches, keep that in mind. Uh, and Ed Kerno out with that suspension. On the Melbourne side of things, Jack Viney coming in after one week in the VFL. Cam Pedersen, Jaden Hunt, Jeff Garlett, and Tim Smith. Uh, only Sam Wiedemann named out at this stage, so extended benches on this side. Charlie Spargo named on the extended bench for Melbourne, but we should see him still get a, ga- a game, even though Jack Viney has come into the squad. Um, it's going to be an interesting game here, uh, Pistol, because uh, I really don't know what to, to make of some of the, uh, the the Melbourne players at the moment because there's a lot of guys that we're thinking that should be performing well, but they're just not putting up the numbers we expect. And then we've got like uh, guys like Angus Brayshaw coming out and putting up tons and getting 31 touches in any given week. And it's just a, a, I can't really get a form guide on exactly how Melbourne and, uh, are going this season. It's kind of one of those teams where everyone scores very evenly and you could note that James Harms as well has got like a five round average of like 90 something so um, everyone is just chipping in doing their bit I think now they've pretty much got their best 22 down pat now that Jack Viney is back in the side Chizo I like your confidence in Spargo being uh, named on the extended bench and thinking he's going get to a, get a gig I've noticed a, a lot of people online but let me just read out the interchange um, because I'm not as confident as most people. I mean, he probably has a good chance, but I'm just not 100% sold. There's Spargo, Dom Tyson, Pedersen, Hunt, Neil Bullen, Fritch, Garlett, and Tim Smith. You'd, you'd say that um, Pedersen and um, Tim Smith are, are no chances, but then you've kind of still got to pick, you know, there's two people there that could sneak in. Um, from the from the six left, and and you'd hope Fritch gets a, gets a game, and I'm just a bit worried that Garlett will come in at the expense of Spargo. So I'm not sold there, Chizo, but as you said, it probably is likely that that Spargo does get a game. And on the other hand, on the uh, the uh, Carlton side, um, I know Pat Kerr was named on the extended interchange, but I don't think we're going to see him debut this week. I think it will be a very straightforward Mark Murphy in for Ed Kerno's situation, and that will probably be the only change on the Carlton side. Yeah, uh, Jacob Wiedewing's been um, playing quite well in the VFL and racking up some uh, uh, some crazy numbers in particular games, but um, I, I think that they won't make too many changes on either side here. I, I guess the only thing that I'd add to, this, to my Spargo comment is that Every single other player has been an emergency in the last month, and they haven't really been forcing their way in. So, um, you know, if you're coming up against Carlton, there's no reason to 
uh, you know, kick out a youngster that you know is performing well and has played a few games for for someone that's been on the you know the emergencies for four or five weeks in a row and is not really kind of bashing the door down. So I've got a bit of confidence. If he's not there, as you say, I, I wouldn't be surprised. But um, I'm pretty happy at this stage. So um, we might as well jump into uh, the next game of the round: it, Brisbane Lions and Hawthorne at the G. Uh, extended benches for both sides. Uh, Brisbane side of things. Ben Keys, Josh Walker, Sam Mays, Jake Barrett coming in. No confirmed outs at this stage. On the Hawks side of things, only Jaeger out at the moment with an injury. With Mitch Lewis, a debutant confirmed to debut. Uh, James Cousins, David Mirror, Pawapolo and James Warple all named on the uh, 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 named on the extended bench at this stage here, Pistol. So I found it really interesting. Um, I saw it on the uh, AFL website, which was quite clever. So Mitchell Lewis is named uh, to debut this week. And, you know, it's it's nice to see Mitchell Lewis and Hodge all in one game, Cheezo. <laughs> um, so Hodge obviously playing against his old club. So there'll be some spice in this game, no doubt about it. Um, I'm not sure it's going to be the greatest game, but I am looking forward to watching it uh, just to see who's willing to which one of the Hawthorne players is going to be the smart ass that first runs up and uh, gives Hodge a little bit of a, a nudge or a you know jumper punch or something like that there's going to be some some fireworks so really looking forward to watching it Chizo do you think looking at that extended bench that David Mira is a chance of coming to the team or is it likely a case where he just misses out yet again I probably he think he misses out uh, yet again like if you're looking at the the guys that could potentially come in we've already got Mitch Lewis confirmed to come in he's been performing well in the VFL he's had had a couple um, high 20 disposal games and a couple goals so he's deserved his chance um, Puapolo, um you wouldn't think they'd uh, uh, take all the way to uh, the Gabba to just be an emergency he'd uh he'd probably be getting a game so um, you'd, you'd need someone kind of out of the woodworks uh, you know three people to be omitted um, for um, you know you know, to get a Mitch Lewis a Puapolo and a David Mirror into the side so uh, I'm not seeing that many changes uh, even though they are playing at the G against Brisbane um, the one that kind of uh, has jumped out to me is uh, on the bubble Matty Eagles pistol named uh, third last on the extended bench along with uh, Oscar McInerney who was uh, last on the extended bench a couple guys that um, have been uh, um, options over the previous weeks. Does that pretty uh, make you a little bit worried that Matty Eagles might not be a great downgrade option uh, this week considering they're playing so late in the round that if you went and picked him up and then he uh, he's not playing, it, it could, uh, could mess around with your side there a little bit, mate. It, that's a great call. I think a lot of people don't realize that, you know, they'd be trading him in. Um, well, I mean, they'll find out on Friday, but you never know with late changes and stuff. It's a little bit risky, and his his scoring potential is so low that he's probably not going to make you that much money anyway, and I think it'd be, it's going to be a hard pass for me on that Matty Eagles front. Just looking at the ins, you, you know, you've got um, Walker and Sam Mays um, that probably can at least play down back. They're, they're pretty heavy, um, tall, heavy down back before this, before bringing in Eagles. So, um, yeah, I thought it was a bit of a strange uh, inclusion when he did debut, but he played okay last week. He was very good in his first game. Okay, I I wouldn't be surprised if he held, but at the same time, would not be surprised if he was dropped and just comes in and out throughout the season. But, you know, the most important thing is money and cash generation at the end of the day, and I just don't really see him being a great cash cow cheeso. Yeah, true. Um, I guess one of the positives out of this game is that we shouldn't see Tommy Mitchell tagged, and being that he plays so late in the round, he'll be a pretty confident one to chuck the C on, um, so we, we can feel free to VC someone that we like. 
Well, let's talk about the captains uh, after, but you, you certainly have made a very good point. I'm just going to jump through the, the final game of the round, West Coast Eagles versus Richmond. On the Eagles side, we got some big ins as well uh, physically. Jeremy McGovern, Nick Natanui, Dom Sheed, Lewis Jeddah, and Kurt Mutma. Out goes Fraser McInns, he's McOuts, and uh, on the <laughs> Richmond side, Brandon Ellis, Tyson Stengel, Ivan Soldo, and Sean Grigg. Um, Chizo, looking at this side here, you'd think uh, McGovern, McGovern straight in and Schofield's just right out. Uh, Dom Sheed is interesting because I'd also expect him to play, and I think the person that might have to make way is going to end up being Braden Ainsworth. Um, obviously, nothing confirmed yet, but... I'd find it highly likely that that Ainsworth doesn't get his second game. So um, we'll wait and see on that one, but possibly uh, that's a little bit disappointing because he was quite good. Chiso, the main talking point about this game, however, is Nankervis has been talked about being a laid out last week, but managed to play. This week he's been also talked about being a laid out and how sore he is. They have to fly all the way to Perth. Do you think that there is a solid chance that Nank is a laid out? And if so, what do we do about that? And uh, otherwise, if not, just, uh, I guess, ignore what we're saying. <laughs> well, I think that if Soldo's on the plane, that's when we should be worried. Like, uh, that's that's one of the things, first things that'll get reported is if Ivan Soldo flies over there with them, he's obviously in this week, that it's pretty solid chance that Toby Nankervis is struggling and um, we should be a little bit worried. Again, being the last game of the round, there's not a whole lot you can do um, but kind of wait for, for teams and things like that to, to be finalised later on, on, on Friday. So... If you were in this situation, Pistol, I know there's been a lot of coaches out there and and other people have been saying that Nankervis is going to be a season-long keeper in, in the rucks. I'm just not seeing it that way. I've always seen that he would have to be upgraded to someone at a certain point. And I think it, we saw with Nick Nat last week, he was always going to miss a game at some point this season. Um, whether there was a rest coming um, soon or not because of that um, uh, suspension, uh, it's irrespective of that now. So I'm kind of seeing this as an opportunity that if you have Toby Nankervis, maybe take the opportunity to upgrade him to someone like a Grundy uh, uh, like that pistol because I'm just not seeing him as being a season-long keeper at this stage. And if he's got this you know, week-to-week scenario where he might be in, he might be out, um, they're taking cover for him just in case he's going to be laid out. They've given us no confirmation which way or the other. I'd just almost be taking the safe route and just saying, okay, this is the time for me to upgrade. I mean, yeah, that's obviously a very viable strategy and it's really tough to say what to do because we generally don't know the answer. But I guess if you do decide to wait and find out official confirmation if he is in or not, you'll have about five minutes to decide if you want to trade him to Steph Martin or Nick Natanui if he is out. So there's not a lot of time. So you either like commit to it before the round or you just commit to Steph Martin, who I actually think is a very good option, um, or, or Nick Natanui. So... Are you suggesting that people that have, let's say, Olango, are you saying that they shouldn't bother trading him to Crossley just in case? Or is that an option that you just didn't consider when I asked you the question that two no, minutes ago? No, it, it, it's it's something that I've touched on on times before when we talked about um, uh, McInerney the week before because I, trades are so precious. I would not be burning a trade to get rid of a 102K floating donut to get in Braden Crossley, who, yes, is cheap, but it's still going to cost you money 
and a trade to get someone in that may score you 40 points in Shanghai this week and then bring Nank, Nank back on next week if he's in, uh, his injury-free. I would much prefer using that trade to make my team better rather than cover a 40-point loss. So I'm kind of excluding that as an option in this situation. If you've got some sort of DPP craziness that you can wangle, maybe you've got an English or something like that, or uh, it opens up different loopholes or something like that. But at, at this stage, if you've got a Lango or you know a Luke Lavender, as many of us do, I wouldn't be trading them. To a, a a rookie that's going to give us a forty five this week, I'd be yeah, I'd be looking to move Nank on to someone else. No, I hundred percent agree with that. I wouldn't be uh, making a trade and paying some money for the forty points. I'd just be upgrading Nank to uh, somebody that was confident in you know going over one hundred and ten this year, like like a, a Grundy. Chizo, do you want to maybe give me your looking at the round? Give me your your top, let's say top two captaincy and vice captaincy choices for the week. Well, there's a couple of good matchups that um, this week are going to lend well to some fairly decent scores. Um, earlier on in the week, we don't have a whole lot of players that um, would be in our sides that we can consider um, being captaincy options. That's the thing that's going to mess with us a little bit because you've got the likes of um, a Fife and a Dangerfield playing um, early in the week and a Dusty late in the week, but he's not really been a good captaincy option. So my my number uh, one and two captaincy options at this stage would be probably Gorn and Titch on the Sunday games, Gorn playing against Carlton and Titch playing against the Lions. I can see them having um, really decent games against their, their uh, respective opponents. For a vice-captaincy side of things where we can take a little bit more risk, if you've got a Cats player, say a, uh, a Selwood or um, a, a Danger against Essendon at the MCG, I think that'd be a really, really good vice-captaincy option. Uh, Fife against Sydney is going to be interesting. I think, uh, as you mentioned to me before, Hewitt might go um, uh, towards a, a Fife and kind of uh, um, just try and negate him at stoppages a little bit. But Fife's in such good form that I'd have no problem. You know, there's there's very little risk chucking a VC on someone like Fife. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much you've named all the, the major choices, I think, as well. You can't discount McRae on the Friday night. I know it's not, oh, yeah, I that's guess. Oh, a great one. You know, it's not the best option uh, opponent-wise, but... Adelaide do have a lot of outs this week, so obviously in the form that he's in, you'd be crazy to you know just at least completely ignore him as an option. I think uh, he's a solid VC, and probably the only other one um, I'd also consider this week would be a Robbie Gray uh, in Shanghai against Gold Coast. I think that it's going to be an absolute slaughter, and if that's the case, Gray might get on to the end of a couple of uh, sausage rolls. So. Um, thinking he's there's just a lot of good options this week. Um, hopefully everyone scores well. It never really quite works out that way. Um, Chizo, I've got a random option as well. Not someone that I would captain, but just throwing it out there. Sicily, great form. I mean, it's probably safe bet this week for 110 as well uh, against the the Lions. But um, for me personally, this week I'm looking at going Dangerfield into Gorn. Yeah, no, it's hard to argue. I think the only thing we should mention is something we mentioned before. Uh, North obviously play the Giants in Blundstone Arena, which is a small ground, which doesn't really um, it doesn't really allow for free flowing contests. It's more kind of in close uh, close contested games. Uh, so you got a, a tagger going towards one of the the uh, midfielders. If it is Canelio, um, it's just going to ruin his day. So um, I'd be on along those uh, those lines of just putting our V. 
DC on someone that uh, is is kind of having a good matchup. So yeah, the the likes of uh, the Cats against the the Dons is uh, a good option. So Chizo, just to uh, before we finish up the podcast, I'm going to ask you the question probably on most people's mind this week because a lot of people are doing a defensive upgrade or downgrade. Sure. Let's pretend you have in your side you've got Norton, you've got Finlayson, you've got Murray, and you have Duday. You have to trade two of them for some reason. Which two are you trading first? Uh, well, I'm going to be trading Norton because he's out for a minimum of two with an injury. I think it's two to three that he's quoted to be. So he is not going to make me any money, and I'd rather just cash it in. At least the other guys are going to give me some cover because um, you know Hurley is going to be uh, sitting on the pine. I... I like the idea of keeping um, Dude and Murray at the moment. I think their play style at the moment and their role lends towards better scores. So I would be looking to upgrade Finlayson if I could. Um, I guess the only thing you should probably mention is that uh, Norton not playing means his price isn't going to drop from that poor poor score, that zero that everyone copped uh, that had him on the ground um, last week. But in saying that, what's the point of holding on to a Norton knowing that when he comes back, his score is just going to plummet? Anyway, his price is going to plummet anyway. You might as well cash the the. He's at his his top price that we'll have this year. Cash him in, make the money of him, and then you've got the likes of a, a Duday or a Murray on your pine to uh, to to cover instead of having to hold a donut there. Well, I mean, yeah, you you do make a point. I personally am. Don't, I don't think I'm going to cop it back to it, so I'm happy risking it with uh, no emergency cover. And for this week, um, while I'm watching Isaac coming, I'm just going to leave Norton on the bench knowing he's not going to drop in price. And instead, I'm going to... Uh, actually, I'm not going to say what I'm going to do. I'm going to say, based on the question I asked, which one I would get rid of first. I think number one option for me is Finlayson. I know it's probably not a popular opinion, but he scored now three times in a row in the 60s. He has a break-even of 85, so he's going to lose you even more money. And he just doesn't have the most favorable... I mean, he he has a good five-round draw, not the best three-round draw. Um, I think he's kind of... St- kind of stagnated just like GWS he's scoring he's not scoring those 100s anymore when you're scoring the 60s like it's good enough but really you want to upgrade it to a primo ASAP and the DPP swing just doesn't do it for me and I feel like I've got more confidence in Murray scoring 100 or Duda scoring 100 uh, before Finlayson so for me he would be the first one that I'd chop Um, and the second one I would do is Duda Again, he's got a 90 break even, so he's going to drop in price. I actually think it's possible he reaches it this week. Not out of the question, but to be honest, Murray, he, he's the cheapest, but he's also still making money. He's got a break even of 62, and while he keeps scoring between 60 and 70, he's just going to hover in that price. He's not really going to lose you any money, and I feel like he's definitely going to play all the way until the buys. He's got a decent run coming up and I can see a a high score coming for him in the next couple weeks so um, I'm happy just to hold him on the like keep him and and trade out today and and Finlayson before they uh you know lose too much money and have the same scoring potential as Murray yeah I think I think that that sums it up pretty well Uh, I I think you've hit the nail on the head head there pistol so with those four it's it's really hard to go go wrong with who you're getting out because they're all kind of performing in, in that same same kind of uh, ballpark figure. So, um, 
knowing me, whatever, just the one thing I would advise here, Pistol, is I'll put out on Twitter the two that I'm getting rid of this week, and then everyone else go the other two because I'm going to pick the wrong two. That's how my <laughs> season's been this this year, mate. So um, if you're like JB, he wants to get rid of uh, Dude A as well. So um, just just keep that in mind. So um, fantastic, uh, Pistol. That pretty much uh, 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 the last thing we should probably should mention on. If you're looking to upgrade someone, we've talked about Lloyd and Webster. Um, if you had the choice of maybe a Yo, a Simpson, a Webster, and a Lloyd, say you didn't have any of those, who would you be prioritizing first? I definitely would be getting Yo. The only reason I'm not getting Yo this week is because I just can't afford him. Uh, but he would be my number one trading option, and I uh, assume that would be similar to your thoughts as well, Chizo. Yep, I'd, I'd probably go uh, Yo Simpson in as my one and two. And uh, I know you just mentioned our Twitter before. Uh, do you want to uh, run us through all of our handles? I've uh, had enough Twitter for this week, I think. Yep. Uh, so uh, <laughs> if you want to find Pistol on Twitter, it's I love TMac at uh, DRSC. Um, <laughs> you're, 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 no, you're a Hogan fan, aren't you? You're, you you like uh, Jesse Hogan in the Jesse Hogan versus TMac scenario. I mean, if they're my only two options in the world, and you gun to my head, which is a possibility considering the Twitter responses, I'm uh, thinking <laughs> I would be a, a team team Hogan. But that's everyone's allowed their own opinion. Just uh, some. Don't appreciate that, I guess. And we had know. some. We had someone coin uh, last night as the T Max Smack, as uh, uh, Pistol was ganged up on. Um, uh, quite unfairly, I should I should point out there, Pistol. Uh, it's not like you were you were trying to tell someone to pick a Lango over Martin as their captaincy option this week. So um, <laughs> it is a, a quite interesting scenario. Uh, obviously, if you want to find us. Uh, at pistol underscore drsc for pistol jb underscore drsc for jb and for myself chizo with a z underscore drsc we do try and uh get back to you on twitter if you do uh, uh hit us up with some questions because we're finding it so hard just almost impossible to get through the volume of emails that we're getting to our um our, our podcast email pistol it's it, as works picking up for all of us it's almost impossible to get through it all I mean, I certainly appreciate the support. I'm very thankful for it. I know there's a, a lot of people that did drop off this week um, to, to buy us a little bit of time, basically. Um, so do do appreciate that. We'll, we'll do our best to get our handle on it. Um, but yeah, as, as you said, we've uh, all actually started, well, two of the three of us have, have just uh, started a new job. So it's uh, been a bit bit hectic times recently and uh, we'll, we'll do our best, but yeah, can't really guarantee it. So Probably won't mention the Gmail this week. Maybe around the buy time when people are, you know, wanting a bit more in-depth uh, analysis, we can we can try that out. But yeah, we'll we'll pass on the Gmail this week. But uh, again, I really do appreciate everyone's support. Yeah, fantastic. And uh, only a few weeks before Chizo's pre-buy plan blockbuster. Uh, we do pretty much every year, Pistol, just to try and help everyone through the buyers and what they should be doing with their teams. That's when uh, the uh, the volume of emails tends to tends to pick up again when we get into those uh, those challenging times, Pistol. So uh, I'm enthusiastic about it. I'm a, a buyers enthusiast, you should say. <laughs> it's uh, uh, something that I'm enthusiastic about. So uh, obviously we'll uh, sign off here, community. Fantastic having you on, Pistol. It's uh, great to hear your voice again, mate. I haven't heard. Uh, heard it for a little while so those uh, uh, it's great to hear from you and uh, I'll talk to you during the week thanks community